hey, I'm at your house. Where are you? They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 14 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris, here with my friend Kyle. Hi, Chris. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing mlech. Mlech. Yeah. No, that's, that's pretty much the only way to describe it. I'm doing well in a lot of aspects and doing pretty poorly in others as far as uh, my mood Before goes. Before I ask you about that, could you spell the word? Was it was it mleh? Like M-L-E-H? Yep, that's actually 100% accurate. M-L-E-H, that's how I would spell it. I like it. I've never heard that one before. I've heard like blah, bleh, blech, but uh, I never heard it started with an M and I, I like it. Yeah, I could have just made that up on the spot. I'm not sure. Yeah, blech. Okay, well... Uh, it's yeah. more of a sound than something you spell out. Yeah, what's going on? So we have some breaking news. Jake, feel free to put in like a breaking news siren there. I'll think about it. So we talk a lot about in the past episodes, me being single, me being recently divorced. Um, Something to come clean about. We were never legally divorced, but, you know, we were split planning to go for a divorce. Me and my wife for talking in legal terms here. So over the past, I would say, I think almost two months now. Would you say two months? Because I talked to you about it almost right away, maybe like a week or so after. Actually, no, the first night that she came over, I think I told you. Damn, has that been two months? I would have said like a month or a month and a half, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean month, month and a half, two months. Tomato, tomato. I'm awful at judging time, so I'll, I'll say probably around two months. Um, but yeah, we've been talking and working things out and... Um, as far as that goes, it's been going really well, but I, I handled some things pretty poorly. Not so much with her, but with my um, some of my best friends, honestly. So that's been kind of eating at me a bit. Eating at you. Yeah, no, it's been... Um, so I, I handled the situation pretty poorly. And that's one thing I think we can elaborate on a little bit later in the episode. Doing shitty things without uh, malicious intent and not realizing they're shitty, but them still being shitty in someone else's eyes because that's that's what i did what did you do um so honestly these guys we've been in a group chat for like i want to say six years running every single day we talk every day all day they are my brothers and um when me and michelle started talking again i didn't really uh i didn't tell them about it right away and honestly i was i was afraid too because of their reactions what their reaction would be and i kind of did it in a pussy roundabout way so to elaborate a little bit we started talking again and michelle was talking to one of my best friend's wife and she said hey i'm talking to this person do you mind if i mention it and i was like oh yeah totally mention it like hoping that he would bring it up because i was afraid to so rather than take that responsibility for what i'm doing and explaining it myself, I was like, okay, if I have her tell his wife, his wife will tell him and then he'll talk to me about it and that'll get the conversation started. And um, it didn't start the conversation and I still kept putting off talking about it. And that it definitely wasn't the way to go, but it wasn't coming from a place of me not wanting to tell them or not trusting them. It came from a, a place of fear, really. Why do you think you had that fear? Because I knew what their reaction would be. And if I'm being quite honest with you, my, my fears were validated. I mean, I understand the concern for for me. Like that's them being 
family. You know, they're, they're concerned with me and my emotions and my feelings and stuff. But, um, there were some things that were said that I don't totally agree with. I mean, that's something we're going to work out. Like, even if they hate me, like I'll never not love these guys, you know? So it's something that I, that we're going to work out. I mean, I talked to one of them today and it went really well and I'm looking forward to patching things up with them, but it's, it's really been fucking with me the past, uh, couple days this happened sunday so well chris this whole thing is it's really complicated it's actually so complicated that i don't even know really how to give my input you said you're pretty much an open book right yeah yeah if you can ask a question and if i think jake should maybe cut it out i'll say jake cut it out but let it fly all right well why are your why would your friends react poorly um it's because because no, so go ahead, please. Yeah, it's better for you. <laughs> it's because of the situation and how everything went down and what I described to them in the situation. Not saying that I wasn't truthful, but I mean, I think, and this isn't me talking in hindsight. This is something I recognized from the beginning. All right. So what had happened, I think I'm going to, I'm going to keep this vague because I don't, I don't want to drag anyone through the mud or make this situation like blow up more. Right. Um, but what had happened was not good and it didn't look good for me. And it looked like I was the victim, which I was 100% I was, but um, there was a lot of things that happened leading up to that, that I'm aware of. And like I said, this isn't me speaking in hindsight. This is something I was aware of the whole time and something I thought about from the get go, even while it was happening before this event went down, it was something that was in my head and it's not something I'm going to try to hide. I wasn't the best husband in the world. And that doesn't justify what was done. It doesn't. Now, what was done? Can we can we talk about the realm of what was done? Was it financial in nature? Was it destruction of property? Was it infidelity? Was it... I mean, it was just getting attention from somewhere else. So the realm of infidelity, perhaps. The realm of infidelity, yes. So you're afraid of your friend's reactions and your friends' reactions have been negative. But I mean, not all of my friends. I mean, my two best friends, they, they, they've been pretty upset about it, but they're open to talking. A lot of people just, I mean, I understand. They just want what's best for me. Right. And I completely understand that. And I, I completely understand what I'm doing. And I understand that it may not work out, but that's the risk we run in any relationship. No. Second chance or first chance. I, I've actually discussed your situation with a couple people here um, just because it's been on my mind a little bit. Yeah. And it's tough because the way your friends react is understandable because they want what's best for you and they feel like you're not doing what's in your best interest. But at the same time, it seems pretty clearly wrong. What I'm doing or how they're reacting? Your friends' reactions because – and this is a specific conversation I had with someone <sighs> – if I'm in your friend's shoes, and actually I am in your friend's shoes, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, am your friend. On, I'm <laughs> one of my best friends. I'll, I'll say that right now. Yeah, let's say I, I, just, I just really hope you say it back. Kyle, will you be one of my best friends? <laughs> I, I can. <gasps> let, let, let's say I don't agree with what you're doing. And, and actually, I can't say I 100% agree. But even if I, let's say I'm vehemently against it, I can voice my concerns in a, in a constructive way. And that's, that's always appropriate, whether it's for a podcast critique, for example, 
or for something like this. But going hard and and insulting you and things like that, that's yeah, I guess it's just a universal truth. It's just not constructive. It's it's negative and and also it's not going to work too. Like if if my goal is to get you to change your mind, it's not going to work to to insult you and and push you away and yeah, so so I guess all I'm saying is I can understand why some people are upset, but I think it's I, I hope they look back on that and they see that they made a mistake by uh, reacting that way. Yeah, and I mean, we all we've all we all made mistakes in the situation. I I, I made a mistake in the way that I uh, approached it as far as bringing them in the loop because honestly, they should be in the loop from day one. Like these are guys that would take a bullet for me, and I would do the same for them. Like I I I sh I need to be more open and understand that I have these fears, but I have these fears because it. It shouldn't be because I don't want to hear what they have to say because I'm, I'm afraid to hear it. Like, I should want to hear what they have to say. And and they should have been looped in from the jump. Now, are you all in again? Or where where is your status of your relationship? I mean, things are going really, really well. I mean, we've been communicating a lot more. Like, I think we've talked more openly about emotions and just things going on in life more than we ever have in like the seven years we were together. It's been, it's been huge. And I think the big thing for me is I'm noticing what she's doing to improve herself and um, fix what was done. So like now she's in therapy, she's, she's taking her medication. She's like, she's taking steps to prove like, Hey, listen, I know I fucked up. I want to make this right. And who am I to say, no, you don't have the opportunity to do that because I married this girl at the end of the day. And, um, obviously I love her. I married her. Now, if I'm, if I'm in your shoes, yep. the biggest issue for me would be trust. Um, and she's working on it. She wants to fix it, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if someone lies to me or breaks my trust, even once it kind of makes it nearly impossible for me to think that they wouldn't do it again in the future. Is that something you struggle with? It, I wouldn't say that's something I struggle with. So for me, I mean, just noticing the improvement, noticing the effort, I know the whole lying thing <laughs> could come back up again, but like, that's a risk myself I'm willing to take for this girl. Okay. And that's, that's the big thing with me. Um, especially with my friends, like even if they disagree with my choice, and I mean, there I've, I have plenty of people in my life that have been supportive over my decision, and they say at the end of the day, what makes you happy? Like this can make you stronger, and I mean, so far all I'm seeing is it has made us stronger, and we're moving forward, and I mean, we're communicating so much more now, and it's 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 been like night and day compared because I mean, I can let me give let me give the listeners a little background. Little background. Yep. I got to think about this a bit. Um, so my wife and I were trying for a baby. We weren't so successful for a few months, which is normal. It's um, it make it's just a normal thing. You know, I was going to be successful, pumping and dumping. I haven't been. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. But I was going to say we got pregnant, but that sounds so fuck. I I feel like that sounds so fucking stupid. Oh, no, that's. Am I alone if I say we got pregnant? That's that sounds dumb. Super no, weak. she got pregnant. I didn't get pregnant. I sat back. Yeah. Okay. So it's not even that. Okay. So saying we got pregnant is like taking on like, oh, I have this. We're pregnant. I can't do this. Like, listen, guys don't have to do shit. No, dude. I, I know you love. Uh, I know you love Bill Burr. Bill Burr's got a bit about that exact phrase. 
What is it though? Because I think I know what you're saying. He's like, um, all right, so I think I know the bit. If you say it, I'm I'm gonna butcher it. But he's like, no, we didn't get pregnant. She's pregnant. She's she's sick. She can't move. I'm over here. I'm doing pull ups. I'm smoking. I'm drinking. I'm killing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true. Like I I don't have to sacrifice shit. I can drink yeah. every night. I can smoke yep. as much weed as I want. She has to be careful with exactly. fucking cold cuts. Like, we did not get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. She got pregnant. <laughs> okay. So, just to get that out there. Does that make us seem less sexist uh, I now? don't care. It's also biologically <laughs> accurate. Only episode. one of you is pregnant. So. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. So, um, she got pregnant. Um, we got super excited about it and then she had a miscarriage, which I also know is very common, but it doesn't make it easier. I handled it better than she did. And that makes sense. I don't have this change in my hormones and I just, I just, I just handled it better. I wasn't as sad, but it really got her down. And honestly, I wasn't very present as a husband. We weren't spending much time together and it almost felt like we were just roommates at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I recognized even while it was happening before everything went down, even before the whole thing happened and stuff blew up. I recognized it in the moment and didn't do anything about it. And that's on me. Now, um, that's not me justifying what happened. That's me recognizing my shortcomings and knowing that this could have helped lead to that. And that's not me throwing up the white flag and saying it's my fault because it's not. There's no excuse for it. But that is just the truth. So, Chris, if you don't mind me stopping you there, I think that's great to to, to look back and, and say you could have done better. Are you being too hard on yourself though? Because this is a this is a two way thing, right? Yeah. Was it a situation where you were being pushed away and it was asking too much of you to come and do more, or or you genuinely think you know you didn't do enough, you should have done more? And this is a conversation we've had, so I'm, that's a great question. There was some pushing me away, but I can one hundred percent say that it was more so me not being present. I can my FIFA record and games played can prove that to you <laughs> okay yeah good good for you then to recognize that yeah and and like i said like i'm not gonna say that justifies what happened because it doesn't but i mean it did happen i recognize that and i need to improve going forward because i almost took it for granted like okay she said yes um she has a ring on her finger this is mine forever now and i wasn't working as hard towards the relationship okay so i mean it's I mean, we're working on it. I know that the the trust thing may be a problem, but I mean, we've been talking for a few months now and it's been going really, really well. If I'm being honest, it's going better than it did when we were married. So it's just sustaining that moving forward and just being forgiving, which I think should be the main topic of this episode is forgiveness, right? Because I'm someone that always hold grudges. How are you as far as that goes with like grudges? Like, do you hold like other people from high school you still hate? Um, high school, no, but I was bullied by a kid in elementary school and I still hate that motherfucker. Yeah. Fuck that kid. Hopefully he's a heroin addict or something. No, yeah. you don't bully. Cuts. No. Yeah. I, um, so for me, grudges, if, um, if I feel like I've been wronged, then 
I will hold a grudge hard until I feel like the person understands what they did and adequately apologizes. If someone shows like real repentance, I can forgive almost anything. But if I feel like if I feel like maybe I get a fake apology or no apology at all, then hell no. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm holding that grudge. And I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask. So say if that bully was like, listen, I can't believe what I did to you. Like, I recognize my faults. I should have never done that. And I'm like, truly sorry. Would you forgive that person and give them another shot? Yes, I would. Exactly. So that's where I am, except I was legally married to this person. Like, I am legally married to this person. Who am I to not give her another shot? Give give us another shot. Okay, now I got to say something here. I got to say something here. And this is not me commenting on your situation, but it's me sharing my own situation from the past. Okay. This is exactly how I got tricked in my last relationship. She has a, well, she, she has a personality disorder, my ex. And... Do, which personality disorder is it, if you don't mind me asking? Borderline personality dis- disorder, BPD. Okay. And I've looked up, uh, I've actually was researching that recently because I was curious about it, but go on. So yeah, I'll just summarize the important part of that personality disorder, but it's, um, it's characterized by an extreme fear of abandonment, but then also an extreme fear of enmeshment. So people with this disorder will, in romantic relationships, they typically go through a very predictable cycle where they, where they, um, express affection for their romantic partner and pull them in, pull clinginess and all that. And then they get afraid of losing their own identity and they push away. So it's this extreme pull, push, push, pull over and over. And anyway, it led to a lot of situations where she wronged me um, in the stages where she would push me away. And then she would do anything she could not to lose me. The extreme fear of abandonment, right? Yeah. And she kind of fit, she figured out my blueprint and she understood that, um, that I just wanted an apology. So she would give me the most beautiful, perfect apologies with like the perfect words, pure 100% repentance. And, and I would feel so good. I would say, oh, that's exactly what I needed. But it was fake. And uh, she did that to me three or four or five times before I finally wised up and I realized she's not even capable of actually apologizing. She's just saying what I want to hear, what she knows that I want to hear. So when she went through these cycles and she was giving you like these apologies and you'd accept these apologies, how long would it be until the next incident happened? It varied a lot. Yeah. No, I'm, there's not like a number, but if you were to say give or take like two months, three months, six months generally less than that yeah definitely less than that okay and the the big overarching problem you know just to just to go ahead and share what happened so the big thing with with us was trust and i always felt like she was withholding information and then it would come out like yeah she was and then she would apologize for that and i would say is there anything else you want to tell me and she would say no no nothing nothing else nothing else well, I ended up finding out she cheated on me a bunch of times. So um, that was the that was the the huge final straw. Like, okay, not only was she lying to me from the beginning about that, but she was lying to me every single apology and every single uh, you know. So 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 I kind of realized it was a house of cards of just bullshit. Yeah, and I'm fortunate enough to say that that is not what my situation is like at all. At least to my knowledge, just putting that out there and not saying I have any suspicions. I'm just saying mm. I've never had any other reason or inkling to think anything else is going on ever besides that one issue. 
and that that's good and um yeah trust was a big thing from the start and, and again the only reason i really brought that up was the whole apology thing yeah is because the apology is important to me but there is a caveat where i will accept an apology except you really got to be careful because some people are really good at fake apologies so that that's my only caveat and they just they just tell you what you want to hear yes that's all but i mean i think that's the big thing with me and um Michelle here is that I'm not rushing in anything. I'm, I wouldn't say putting things to the test, but kind of like she's practicing what she's preaching. Right. And she's, she's saying, okay, I want to talk more. I want to communicate more. Cause I think a big problem in the past was we didn't communicate and that's where we fell out of everything. And that's when we drifted apart and everything happened. And I said, you know, I, I agree with you. We have to communicate more. And it's honestly like a daily basis where we have a very serious and deep conversation. And it's been, it's just been super refreshing, honestly, because this, we, on like the first time we had a deep conversation was after we had split, which sounds crazy, but I mean, I feel like we, we haven't talked like this ever. And that's been consistent. You've been having consistently good communication. Yeah, exactly. Even if we disagree, we've been talking it out and understanding how each other feels and why we feel that way and coming to an agreement at the end of it. And I think that's the important thing. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I, and I wasn't comparing my situation, but I, I will now. That's not what I got. So yeah, uh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, we even tonight we had a disagreement about something. Not even a disagreement, but we were just openly talking about something we were going to have to face as a couple together. And we weren't always seeing eye to eye, but at the end of it all, we were like, okay, I get why you're saying that. I get why you're saying that. Um, let's let's do it together and that's that's something we never did before so i it's made us a lot stronger and it's been consistent over these two months good so to bring it back to the whole meh so it doesn't sound like you feel that way about your relationship currently is that all coming from the the friendship drama yeah i mean i feel a lot better because i i texted one of my buddies tonight that because like i said we had a group chat or we have a group chat that um We'll never die, but it, it, it took a little bit of a break for the last couple of days. It's just been bugging me, man. Like, if I'm being honest with you, the night it happened, it was Sunday. No, Saturday. I came home. Maybe it was Saturday. I don't, I, don't, I don't fucking remember what day, but I think there were fights on. So it was Saturday. I came home. Michelle went in the room. I was on the couch. Kevin was on the other couch behind me, and I just started crying. Ooh. Kevin didn't see it. I hit it pretty well, but I just started crying. Full sad boy mode. Yeah. I'm just full disclosure here. I mean, it, uh, it was just tough. I don't like arguing with those guys. Has it been repaired at this point? I mean, not really, but um, we've talked a little bit and it's been good, but um, I just want to get it fixed as soon as possible. Well, man, like it's, it's interesting because I've always said people say, what is a relationship? Well, they're all relationships. Your your friends are relationships and, and your significant other. And it sounds like a big part of both of these relationships in, in your specific situation, the, the communication was lacking. And uh, that seems to be the fix for both too. So I, I hope that you can have an open line of communication with those guys. And that, that might be the solution. Honestly, it really is the same thing. It was just me lacking in the communication department again, you know. Like, I'm sure if I told them right away, we could have worked it out. And, um, you know, they could have saw my perspective if I had actually conveyed it to them. 
but I didn't. But hey, also don't be too hard on yourself, man, because friends and, and people that are close to you should understand sometimes it takes time. And it's going to take time. And you you didn't intend to hurt anybody. And yeah, yeah you, what, what you did is not that bad. It's completely understandable and it should be fine. But I understand, like, I understand why they're upset. I understand what I did wasn't the right way, but it wasn't in my head. I wasn't maliciously doing it, you know? It was just me being scared. Yeah. Well, maybe the same thing's going to happen too. Maybe uh, maybe you'll have this conversation with them and maybe you'll get closer than ever because that, that does seem to be something that happens after these problems it's what you've experienced in your uh romantic relationship and uh I, I think it's totally likely that it'll happen with your friends too yeah i think it's 100 percent likely because like i said i had a conversation with one of my buddies today and it went really well we're gonna have a conversation about it and at the end of the day i just hope i'm willing to forgive i understand where everyone's coming from i just hope everyone else is also willing to forgive move forward and just be happy just a note about um relationships in general friendships included I think what happened in both of your situations is uh, very similar. It sounds like just a slow drift in communication where it just started lacking. And then it, whenever that happens, it snowballs because the longer you take to address something, the more it becomes a secret or, or a lie even. And then you reach this point where it kind of has to blow up or implode and then finally you can address it and uh there are situations where it's irreparable but uh this one this one doesn't sound ir irreparable at all so yeah. you'll be okay that's that's honestly exactly what happened yeah so let me tell you this scenario okay. so when me and michelle first started talking again no one really knew about it it was kind of on the hush because me personally i was like i need to see if this is something i want to bring to the public this is something i want to see if i can make work and i didn't want the public's opinion skewing my thoughts or yep. emotions so that's what it was and we go to a restaurant down the road from my house um black oak really good spot no free ads but if you're in coventry stop by um i go to black oak i walk in before we walk in michelle says are you afraid anyone's gonna see us in public and i say no nah, it's whatever i'm not hiding anything which i'm not we walk in, the person at the table, right at the door, is my friend John. I go, oh, hey, John. How's it going, man? We go over, talk. We were friends. He worked with me at Applebee's. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Move on. We walk to the table. Who's at a table leading up to where we go? Pete's girlfriend, Carrie. Pete also doesn't know at this point. Food doesn't know at this point either. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Well, Pete's girlfriend is here. And she definitely saw us. We sit down. We're talking. We have our food. And then one of my best friends walks by the table, him and his fiance. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if they saw us. So I was like, okay. So I saw three people here and none of them know. And a lot of them, both, I mean, all three of them are very close to me. Like um, Pete's one of my best friends. John's one of my best friends. The other John that I work with at Applebee's, I've known him forever. Like we're not super close, but he's definitely a, a good friend of mine. And um, I was like, okay, so no matter what, I'm going to look like a piece of shit here for not telling these people what's going on in my life. So that's how it all started. And um, John, one of my best friends that had walked by me, it's confusing because they're both named John. He, he saw me, but he played it off like he didn't. 
So I was like, all right, I don't know. I maybe I'm, I'm not going to bring it up if he brings it up, maybe. And there were times throughout the couple weeks prior where it was like kind of brought up, like him trying to get me to say that I'm talking to Michelle again. And I avoided it every time because I was nervous. So that that's like the situation there. And it was just so goddamn stressful. And I mean, I texted Pete right away and I said, hey, saw Carrie, this, this, and this. Me and Michelle are talking again. Wow. That's, uh, if, if I don't know you. It just makes me look if bad. If I don't know you and I hear it that story, really I think you're either the most popular guy in the town or that's just some crazy coincidence luck that everybody's at that restaurant. First of all, Pete and Carrie live in like uh, Smithfield. Yeah, what are they doing over there? John lives in Cranston. Wh- wh- why, why is everybody there? There was a band playing that night. My buddy John from Cranston knew the guy playing in the band, so he came. Carrie was there with some friends from Coventry. Pete's Jeez. girlfriend. There with some friends from Coventry. And my other friends, they were there. They live close, but they hadn't been there in months, and they were there that night. So, I'm thinking you probably were a little bit emotionally distracted during that meal. I don't know if you enjoyed the food as much as you normally would. I'm a fatty fatty no friend, so I, I enjoy okay. the food. I'm going to be good. honest with you. Yeah. I enjoyed the food. And, you know, we had a good time overall. But it was definitely in the back of my head. So that's that was the big event where uh, it came out. It came out before you were ready to tell it. Exactly. And that's when my best friends started getting upset with me because I wasn't bringing it up and they knew. Yep. And I didn't know how to bring it up. Well, the universe did it for you, my friend. Exactly. And I'm okay with that because honestly, I'm a pussy. Who knows when I would have brought it up and I needed like some sort of push. I mean, and and like you said, even though we're not really talking much right now, but it it might bring us closer, just like this situation with me and Michelle. I mean, I feel like we're a lot closer than we ever have been. So I'm hoping it does the same for me and uh, my buddies. In In the same way that you said you made mistakes before in your relationship and you're going to do better. I think this is the same situation. So if, if I'm those same guys, that's all I want to hear is, hey, if this happens again, I'll tell you right away or, or you know, in a more reasonable time frame at least. I, you won't have to find out that way. Yeah. And I mean, this kind of connects to our last episode, just taking information, learning from our mistakes and becoming a better version of our previous selves. And uh, it sounds like you have been made quite uncomfortable recently. So that does bring growth. Yeah. And the thing that's been super tough too is like I use jujitsu as an outlet, but one of my best friends is also the one that got me into jujitsu and I haven't gone because I just didn't want to run into him and make a situation uncomfortable. So I've been um, not happy. Are you afraid he's going to choke you out with extra force? I mean, no. I mean, he he's really good at jiu-jitsu, so if he wanted to do that, he could do it at any time. It's just I didn't want to make the situation uncomfortable. I mean, he means so much to me, and I just I don't want it to escalate to anything else. I just want to fix it. Sure. So until that's fixed, which I think will be soon, hopefully. I'm, I mean, fingers crossed. I think so, too. It's going to be another hard conversation to have, but it's something that needs to be done. And I need to just face the tough things I need to do and do them. And there's another thing that could be said in this type of situation is um, you do what you can. You reach out. You apologize if it's appropriate. And uh, once you've done all that, it's out of your hands. So so if he reacts negatively or he just doesn't respond, hey, 
you did what you could yeah and i i can't beat myself up too much over it i mean people make mistakes and clearly i'm in the business of forgiving so i'm just hoping you know everyone can forgive and we can all be happy sounds good to me yeah so i mean it's been 40 minutes we've just talked about my issues um what's going on with you in bali how's everything going over there well that, that was a juicy one so i think it deserved some time things here uh things are pretty good uh i can't i can't complain about anything too serious but i have had a a much uh well a much less impactful set of dramas myself uh I, it's been a couple different ones but nothing too life-shattering like you've experienced yeah so i think we had talked a little bit prior to starting but um we had gotten a question from a friend of mine at work um, that kind of ties into stuff you're dealing with. And I mean, I think people who have listened from day one realize that you're more of a casual guy. I'm more of a relationship guy. So this question is going to be right in your wheelhouse. So this girl, she sent in the question, how the fuck are you casual with someone? Like what does casual mean to guys versus what it means to girls? And when, when does the line get blurred? Uh, this is me reading her text, by the way. I should have probably said that. Yep. She said, what does casual mean to guys versus what does it mean to girls? And when does the line get blurred? For example, a dude is afraid of commitment in quotations, but then holds your hand and asks to see you twice in one weekend. Like, this is this is a question for you because I'm, I'm not too versed in this. Okay. So it sounds like she's coming at this situation as it's possible that she wants more but he's kind of telling her that it's casual, but she feels like he's giving her mixed signals. Yeah, and I gave her my personal opinion when she explained the situation a little bit more. He was kind of a guy that's like, I really dig your vibe, but like I'm afraid of commitment. Right. And what I hear in that is I want to have sex, and if I have sex with other people, you're not going to get mad at me. From the guy's perspective, that's what I feel like he's doing, and I think people like that need to be more upfront about it. Just say what you want. Okay, don't lead someone on for your own personal gain. Uh, I think that's 100% what it is. Yeah. And um, people's feelings are fluid. So the way you feel one day about someone might be different than the, the way you feel another day. It sounds like the one decision he's made in the longer term or the short term, but, but longer than one day is that he does not want a relationship with this girl. And then on any given day, he might act warmer or colder. But the the overarching message seems to be that he does not want a relationship in this situation. No, and, I, and that's what I thought. I think he just likes having someone to talk to and someone that's like a girlfriend, but without the label and just wants to be able to have the opportunity to seek other things out. You painted him a little bit negatively. I did. I did. Personally, I don't think he's doing anything wrong. It sounds like he has been upfront about it. Well, he has been upfront, but he's also sending those like, I want a relationship type signals with like the hand holding and just asking her to hang out all the time. I guess they were FaceTiming every single day leading up to their date. And like, he seemed very much the type that wanted to be in a relationship. Yeah. Then I would say he's making some mistakes. Because this question can lead in any different number of ways about what casual is or whatever. But there's a few 
important concepts, I think, that maybe he's violating at least one or two of them. And uh, especially the FaceTiming every single day. That That's one of the first things. So in, in my personal opinion, if, if you want to be casual with some somebody, the biggest thing you need is space. And um, this ties back into the fluidity thing about feelings. Like, So personally, let's say I start seeing a girl, but I already know I don't want it to be a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty common that I'll like her a lot. Uh, right in the beginning, I'll be really interested. And I think it's really easy to be really interested in the first few dates or whatever. So that that would lead somebody who's somebody who's maybe less experienced or less careful. Like, okay, so I start seeing a girl, but I know I want it to be casual, but I really like her. I'm really into her. I might still stop myself from contacting her or seeing her because that gives the wrong message. And I, I think that's what he's screwing up here. But here's my thing with you as a relationship guy and you as a keep a casual guy. For the most part. Why why are you holding yourself back from those emotions if you really, really think you like this girl? It's um, it's an awareness of my own patterns and behaviors. So, okay, biologically speaking, right? You have sex with a new person. There's a flood of... Uh, chemicals released in your body, uh, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, you're biologically predisposed to like them more and to think about them more. Mm -hmm. So having been through this a few times, once or twice, I can feel those things, but at the same time, look at her personality and say, well, I like her a lot right now, but I probably won't in a month. So I got to be careful. Do you think you're setting yourself up for failure with that though? No, because I do leave opportunity to break those rules if I see greater potential. But either way, actually, especially at the beginning of a, of a courtship or a relationship or whatever have you, I still think space is best. I, I think it's really a bad idea if, if you see somebody for the first time to, ju- to just give in to your emotions and see them over and over. Like there's a lot of people that like – They'll meet someone, sleep with them, and then basically move in the next day. I think that's a huge mistake because, once again, those chemicals that I'm talking about are really powerful and and they should not be um, understated. Those chemicals will really make you do some illogical things. I feel like what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like You have these strong chemicals. You recognize that the reason you're feeling this way is because of these chemicals in your brain. And just biologically, this is why you feel like you need to talk to them and you want to see them more. So what you're doing is suppressing those and waiting to see more from this person before jumping headfirst into the pool. You're making sure the pool is safe enough for you to dive headfirst into before diving headfirst into it blindly. That's exactly it, Chris. And actually, it makes sense both from, um, for lack of better paradigm it makes it makes sense offensively as well as defensively so so that's defensively what we're talking about but also let's say you meet somebody who you are very interested in one of the least attractive things you could do is dive in uh to that pool before you know it so so let's let's say i do meet a girl who i'm really really into and i want to see her the next day depending on the vibes i get from her i might break that rule but almost never it's almost always better to give a little bit of space because you send kind of the wrong signals about yourself. You, you show that you don't 
maybe you don't have a lot going on in your life if you're ready to drop everything and see her again right away. Um, maybe you're too clingy, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, and it shows that you like you are you're readily available. And I think we've talked about this before, where like say you have a friend that texts you all the time, right? And you love this person to death, but they text you all the time. Sometimes when you get those texts, you're like, I don't feel like answering. I know I'll be they'll be there when I text them again. Like you're you're not afraid to kind of push them to the side. And I feel like that same thing happens in relationships where if you're too readily available, it's almost an unattractive quality. Exactly. I can piggyback this quite nicely into my own personal drama uh, recently. I had something that was very clearly labeled as casual. I like spending time with her, but it's not going to go anywhere. And I, I told her that. And she said she was fine with that. If you don't mind me asking, why wasn't it going to go anywhere? Uh, all right. This, may, this might make me sound like a dirtbag. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a great way to start something, right? Strap in, everybody. All right. Let's say you meet 10 girls. Maybe one of them gives you that feeling and excitement, that magic where you want something, something real, right? Yep. But there's going to be another two or three of them where you don't quite feel that, but you like them enough to be friends plus. Um, and that's just the category I put her in. And that's not to say that there wasn't the possibility of something more, but, um, and now this is where I'll get into the drama a little bit. She violated a lot of those things we're talking about. Like there was a couple instances before we even kissed. Okay, so just just to set the table, like we met three times before we even kissed. Uh, this isn't like, you know, we didn't just meet and fuck, right? Um, so we're very clearly in the friends category at that point, but I didn't text her back after she wrote me in like six hours. I, like I, I took like six hours to respond and she's like, she gave me some guilt trip. Like, oh, what are you doing? No, 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 no. Who are you with? And it was just complete bullshit. It's too much too soon. Yes. So that was kind of the first thing. And then she continued to kind of do that. And it ended up in a situation, and this is actually a pretty common situation. I feel like both guys and girls experience this a lot, where the person is totally cool when you're with them, but then they become a psycho over text. It's like, uh, it's like they can't handle that space. Right, because yeah, it happens on both sides. Because I've heard some horror stories of guys getting super clingy, even guys that I was like friends with, and I was like, "Oh, there's no way that guy would do that." And then I'll hear the horror story from the girl, and I'm like, "Holy fucking shit, dude! Like, chill out." Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of those things where we were talking about it last episode about the sexism stuff. From what I've heard, I think girls. This is my own personal opinion, of course. I think girls might be clingy at a higher percentage, like there's more clingy girls than there are clingy guys proportionately, but the clingy guys are way worse and they can become aggressive and violent even. And yeah, guys are horrific in this type of behavior. It's two different types of clingy. Yes. Like it's like a, hey, what are you doing? Hey, I want to talk to you. Or it's a, hey, I'm at your house. Where are you? It's like, yeah, no, okay, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so anyway, back to this girl. We were in this situation where we're hanging out maybe a couple times a week tops, and she was asking me to hang out more than I was asking her. In fact, I pretty much never asked her because she was always doing it. If she gave me more space, I would have asked her because I did like her, but she was just yeah. way on top of me. 
And this led to a couple situations where she's like, well, why can't you tonight? What are you doing? No, no, no. I was like, back off. And I said that uh, yeah. pretty explicitly and she got pissed off. Eventually she says, you're selfish. Maybe you don't even like me and this is your way of pushing me away. But she got really dramatic. And uh, how are you supposed to know if you like this person after like a couple weeks? Like, relax, let it happen naturally. Okay. Exactly. But it's easy to say that those emotions make people, you know, people that might say that and agree with you act differently when they experience it. And uh, yeah, this is a pretty true. mature girl. She's, I think she's 30 and she's smart, but she's acting stupid. Yeah. She, she got to that point where she was saying all that. And dude, I really care about people's feelings. I don't want to hurt anybody. And when she was going off on me like this, I got so stressed out. Like, my heart's racing. Like, this is just a text conversation, but my cortisol is through the roof. And I just got to this point where I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. And uh, I, I said, I said, sorry, but this is more trouble than it's worth. And I, I blocked her. Yeah, because, no, that is tough. Because even if you barely know this girl, like, obviously, you said you had, like, you thought she was cool. She's smart. You were attracted to her. You wanted to hang out with her. But you, you still don't want to hurt their feelings, you know? Exactly. Some people don't have a problem just fucking ditching people and making them feel like shit. And that I, I don't understand that because I've never had that capability. Uh, I don't have that either. But um. But here's the thing. Coming back to doing things that you think are okay and not doing them maliciously, some people are just wired to think that, oh, I'm not going to hurt anyone's feelings. Like, this is fine what I'm doing. Like, they'll be okay. Yeah, and, and that kind of reminds me of the other thing I wanted to touch on is like the person that wrote in asking that question they mentioned holding hands that's an interesting gray area and um i think it's totally fine to hold hands in in many contexts it just depends on the overall again context it, it, it <sighs> yeah how does that person see holding hands so you know like what what is that to them is that something that they they see as a sign of like right affection obviously it's a sign of affection but like do you see that as like a, all right this is a serious thing or is that just something you do to someone you're flirting with Exactly. And I think so it depends the on most important thing to say about this type of relationship, especially casual, is that it is inherently very messy. It's a minefield. And it is extremely likely, if not certain, that mistakes are going to be made. And your feelings are going to get hurt and you're going to hurt other people's it feelings. It is nearly certain. So that yeah. has to be understood right away. Whether you're on either side, if you're the one that's kind of trying to keep it casual or you're the one that's wondering if it's casual or not, you gotta understand that it's just gonna happen and unless someone is acting intentionally malicious, personally, I wish that people would give each other more rope in situations like this. So so even what I experienced with that girl, I do not hold anything against her. I wish she was a little bit nicer uh, and she didn't, she didn't take it so personally, but I understand. And I hope she feels that way about me. Exactly. Um, but, but like I said, like the, the, uh, the chemicals and the emotions and the expectations of this stuff, it is just so frequent that somebody gets hurt. And uh, you, got, you got to know that going in and uh, you get better at it after, after you make mistakes. But, but still, it's, it's just, yeah, it's messy. I feel like it's like, even if you prepare yourself like, okay, I want to keep things casual. It's still almost impossible to not like, catch feelings somewhere along the line even if that's not your end goal and just being able to stick to your main goal and you know keep it casual like we say it's it's it becomes very hard because regardless of 
you going into the situation knowing you want to keep it casual, those chemicals are still there. Very well said. And the, the, the fact of it is, if this is someone you're seeing regularly and you're being intimate with, then there is some degree of feelings. There just is. Unless you're acting like a prostitute or something. And actually, those type of people, I have encountered those type of people that like, like this is this is almost business. That's how casual it is. Like, that's a different form of discomfort. Like, it's just the whole range of it is so messy. You can you can be too casual. You can be too uncasual, et cetera. And every single situation is different. I feel like I had something else to say there, but I lost it. Yeah. I mean, while you're thinking of that, I'll just add, like, I when I gave my own personal advice at work when we were talking about this, I was just saying, hey, I mean, you're seeing all these red flags as far as, like, it doesn't look like it's going to be a relationship. Take it for what it is. You know, if you can recognize that, push your feelings aside and you want to have some fun yourself, go have some fun. You know, like if he's using you for this and, you know, you're attracted to this person, use him for that as well. Not use them, but like, I mean, if that's the end goal and you can both come to that mutual agreement, sure. But if you think you're going to get caught up and you you can't help but catch feelings, then it's one of those things that maybe you should just avoid altogether. That's brilliant. So that that reminded me of what I wanted to say in the first place, and I brought up another one. So um, you said the word use. Uh, put a pin in that one. That's big. The other thing I wanted to say is we kind of already touched on it, but in so many of those situation, these situations, it can even be explicitly said, like, yeah, I know we're casual, but still people will violate that because of the feelings. And there's been many situations where like I've been with somebody and they'll even say, yeah, I know, I know it's casual, but then they'll act completely differently. And, uh, so, so what I'm trying to say here is you can kind of do everything right. You can play you can play a hundred percent by the rules. You can have completely open communication and you can still make mistakes. So that, I'm just repeating that it's messy, but back to the using thing. And this is something I thought a lot about at the end of the day, we are all kind of using each other philosophically. So like the, on one hand, there is there is no using and there is all using. But I kind of developed a personal definition of that for myself. I think someone is using me when they're deriving some sort of benefit from me, but not being upfront about it. Uh, conversely, I think I would be using someone, for example, if I knew a girl wanted a relationship with me and I led her on without being upfront, I think that would be using her. I think so 100%. Oh, you want a relationship? I'm going to act like I kind of want a relationship until I get what I want and then I don't want a relationship. That's 100% using somebody. I think that's the definition, yeah. So if this girl and the, the one we're responding to, if she understands the situation and he understands the situation, they're they're using each other just like friends use each other. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think anyone's using each other um, by the negative definition. Now, what you said, though, and this actually leads back to um, kind of the issue you had with both your friends and your romantic partner, well, your wife. This is a situation that can snowball the same way. So you can start out casual and it's implied, or maybe you even say it, but then gradually the situation becomes murkier because you don't talk about it and that can snowball. Do you see what I'm getting at? I'm not sure if I'm stating it explicitly enough. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, how often have we seen a story that a girl and a guy, girl and a girl, guy and a guy get together and it's just a casual thing and then that casual thing becomes a little more regular once a week, 
twice a week and then eventually it's you're hanging out all the time and it turns into something more than that or vice versa it one person thinks it's turning to that and the other person's like no i thought we were just doing this and it become that's where it snowballs and becomes messy exactly it takes a lot of emotional awareness empathy it, it it's yeah it's really hard to do it correctly uh i think there's even a book that i never read but i kind of understand the premise it's called the ethical slut never read it but i under i get yeah it. <laughs> have you ever heard of that the ethical slut no i think it talks about a lot of these concepts but but yeah it's not an easy thing to do so so you can be in a situation where it's it was explicitly casual but then you just start hanging out normally and you're holding hands and you're you're making out. And then uh, it's, it's a matter of feel. You got to be able to feel like, oh, damn, this needs to be restated or it's going to get messy. And uh, yeah, it's not easy. I think a, a big thing to remember in those situations is to prepare for the worst, expect the best. Is that am I saying that right? No. Prepare for the worst. Oh, yeah. Prepare for the best, expect the worst. No, it makes more sense. Prepare for the worst, expect the best. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. Yeah, don't expect anything. Yes, hope for the... There we go. Yeah, don't expect anything. Do... Yeah, Jake, cut that out. Oh, no chance in hell. Watching you guys flub through that was amazing. Uh, Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. I think that's... Yeah. And just be able yep. to understand those emotions as they come and not get too excited but at the same time even i feel like no matter how much you prepare for the worst you're never fully prepared for it there's just no getting around that i agree yeah the only thing that prepares you is going through it in the past and gaining that experience but but even then it's still going to hit and now i've been speaking mostly from the standpoint of someone that's doing the hurt um but if i can speak for a moment as someone who might be getting hurt and i've been in this i've been hurt absolutely i think you have to take a lot of responsibility um if you're dating and you're not in a relationship if you haven't had that talk then you have to take a lot of responsibility for yourself especially if you start to have those feelings because a lot of people start to expect something and maybe it hasn't been said like you know, we're, we're not in a relationship. We never had that talk. But because there's hand-holding and because there's FaceTiming or whatever, now you start to think we're in a relationship and, and, and they owe me something. But that's not true. That is on you. In my opinion, that is your responsibility to say, hey, what is going on here? I'm getting these vibes from you. Do we have something more or not? Because if you don't do that and then you get hurt and you say, oh, well, I thought it was this. Yes, maybe the person led you on a little bit, but you also fucked up by not asking. Yeah, but if they if they put it out on the table like that, like I don't want a relationship out of this. Like I like you. I don't I I, I can't do a label. You you have to be able to take those emotions and keep them not not so much to yourself, but like just understand like this is what's going to happen if you go forward. Yes, but I think it is the thing I talked about which is the the fluidity. So you can have that conversation, um, let's say, the first week of April. Um, but then things happen in April and in May to where you feel like the situation may have changed. And if you feel like that's the case, you got to ask that question. You can't assume anything. You can't assume, like, let's say let's say you're with a girl and she tells you right up, right up off the bat, I'm not looking for a relationship, this is casual. And she acts really cold and distant. But then she starts holding your hand more. Maybe she introduces you to her friends. She starts kissing you longer. 
you might start to get the feeling like, oh, her, her feelings have changed. And you might be right, but you got to check. You can't just assume. And I think it would be really foolish to just assume. But people do that all the time. And I, I mean, that that comes back to everything we've been talking about this whole episode is just keeping an open line of communication. It's so important. Exactly. So important, whether it's a, what you think is a casual hookup, your best friends, your significant other, your, it, you, you have to be open to having these tough conversations. No matter how tough they are, it's not going to be tougher than what you're going to deal with down the line if you don't address them. That's exactly right. Um, so you said forgiveness is one theme, and I would like to propose another. It would be uh, the old cliche, nipping things in the bud. If you know something's an issue and you don't address it, it's never, well, I will say it's almost never going to resolve itself. It's always going to get worse. Exactly. If you don't nip that bud, it's going to grow into something way bigger. So nip it before it gets to the point where you're trying to repair relationships. And I think unless you're an idiot, unless unless you got unless you got no skills, you should be able to feel most of these things. Well, Kyle, you just kind of called me out because I felt it the whole time and I still didn't act on it. That's the problem. No, 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 Chris. I said unless you're an idiot. So I'm calling you not an idiot but um brilliant but a person who made mistakes <laughs> i'm brilliant is what you're saying that's what i'm saying exactly yeah no it's um it's definitely a life's just tough all right we're all just people trying our best and continue to try your best learn from your mistakes and uh improve going forward on those mistakes just like we stated last episode we got some critiques we took it, and I think we took them seriously, and we're trying to grow from it. It's just, that's the theme of this podcast going forward. Learning from your mistakes, growing from them, and just being a better person at the end of the day. Yeah, and we could even mention, I don't know if you wanted to or what, but uh, that, that person we were responding to, you told me you've had further correspondence with him. And uh, he actually took our response well. So uh, I, I was pleased to hear that. Yeah, he took the response well. And he was like, you know what? You're right. Here's some constructive things on what I said. And he clarified further. And I mean, it was just a great conversation. We had, there's no animosity between us. We continued talking just like back to your regularly scheduled programming. You know, so it's, it's just, it's refreshing to have conversations like that. Because I feel like a lot of times... When people disagree, there's like, oh, well, that's it. So it's nice to be able to disagree with someone. Right. And um, just still be what it is. So he didn't mind. He didn't mind that I said, fuck you twice to him. He didn't even bring that up. I think he understood like, hey, I shouldn't have said that. Like the the fucking kill me part. He was like, hey, I, I, I get it. I shouldn't have said that. I said it in the heat of the moment. So he, he recognized it and acknowledged it. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, also just personally, like, even though it doesn't seem like it was a problem, I do want to note that I know that that was overly harsh, especially because I was talking about ad hominem attacks and I was mm -hmm. guilty of it by saying fuck you. But I did it kind of, kind of uh, for the sake of the comedy and the content. And uh, yeah, I, I, I regret it a little bit. It, it's not who I want to really present myself as. No, but I mean, it's just like he said when he said it was in the heat of the moment. And that's what I said. That's what it was. It was the heat of the moment. Like we talked about that email prior to getting on the episode and both of our emotions and feelings about that email had changed within a couple of days until we started recording and talking about it. So like, it's just being in the heat of the moment, what you're feeling at the time. And then, you know, once it's out there, you may regret what you said, but you, you admit to saying, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. So it's, 
being the bit like just be the bigger person under like i shouldn't have said that this is why i said it and hopefully both sides can come to an understanding okay you didn't mean it you're a good guy and i think that's what this whole situation was was people being in the heat of the moment on both sides and agreeing at the end of the day hey like you're a smart dude i'm smart dude we had a good talk it was a good conversation even though you guys have never spoke directly it was a good conversation between all of us and i think we all learned from it and actually you also kind of touched on the value of space indirectly this has been also um a bit of a topic of this podcast but when you're having some sort of conflict or something like that emotionally you get wrapped up in it and it becomes your entire world for a short period of time whether that's minutes or hours or days but almost always time does heal and in space has a, a therapeutic effect you become more balanced you have to go do other things in your life you have time to think about it and uh unless we're talking about a situation that is broken and can't be healed space is is pretty beneficial usually i think seriously because there have been multiple times where i've been talking with someone they're like oh i got this email they said this blah 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 and i'm like before you respond i want you to take a half hour do a few things Go back to that email, reread it, and see if you still want to respond the same way you did when you initially read it. I think it's very important with heated conversations that you you take that time, you don't react out of emotion, and you react with thought. Like, think logically before you actually... That's that's a fantastic point. I, I, I That literally happened... Um, it's happened, I think, two times in the last month for me where I know someone at work that got like a nasty email, and I said, before you respond, do this. Do, do a couple things before you get back to that email. Don't respond right now because right now you're on the defensive. Because how many times have you responded to something that came to you with a little negativity and you respond right away and you're just responding with more negativity? Let it breathe, okay? You'll have more time to reflect on why they felt that way. You'll see what you did that made them feel that way and you'll be able to respond more logically and you'll you'll get to the resolution of that problem sooner than you would if you responded out of emotion immediately. I completely agree. And uh, almost every time I've gone against that, I've regretted it. Yeah, because it's, it's tough not to. It's just the same thing with keeping it casual, not responding to your emotions. Same thing. Sorry, sorry, Chris. Somebody's ringing my doorbell. I got to check. Kyle's getting fucking kicked out. He's going to need a new studio. We're fucking done. We got a few more responses here. I don't know if we're going to keep this in the episode, but um, let me switch over to the doubly negative Instagram. Um, there's a few topics we're going to talk about that we didn't touch on this episode because we've already been going for an hour and 20 minutes. How cool your producer is. Listen, Jake, I don't know how many times we have to talk about how handsome you are for your ego to be stroked, but, um, you know, enough's enough. Okay. We say you're handsome. You got great hair, you know, great at jujitsu. Put me in a pretzel. I weigh fucking 50 more pounds than you. Really bums me out if you want to know. Um, but you're a cool dude. All right. We get it. We get it. Hey, sorry about that. Uh, the guy that manages my property needs help translating something. So, uh, I'm, I'm just going to help him after we do this anyway. I mean, we've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. We can cut it now. We've, I think we got a lot of good stuff. Uh, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's been a long one. It's been a good yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So I'll hit it with an outro. Thank you all for listening. If you have comments, questions, concerns, critiques, roasts, doubly negative pod at gmail.com it's a massive help to us if you download the episodes leave reviews that's awesome and like i said we always like the feedback 
So uh, let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And, um, you know, we're going to keep doing our thing. So thank you for tuning in. Kyle, any closing words? Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, we've we've received more feedback recently than ever before, and it's been uh, it's been helping us. It's easier to talk when we have things to go off of, and it's great to know people are listening. Yeah, no, and honestly, that makes my day. You know, not to go off on something else, but like I've had like even the person. Oh, there's an email we didn't even touch on. Fuck, we'll touch on that next episode. But someone someone that emailed in, I was I hadn't talked to in like seven years, and they were like, "Hey, I love the podcast. Here's here are some thoughts on the last episode." And I was like, "Holy shit! Like people are listening to this. It, it feels fucking good. Yeah, I it's just awesome. like even people that aren't directly involved in our lives, they're listening to it and uh, digesting the information. So it's 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 a really cool feeling. All right, that is it. Thank you, everybody. Good night. This is life being bound to love.